Around the house with no shoes on, looking all like. So the video starts off. Pat introduces Michael. Um, Michael standing with B-roll. this isn't an actual video yet, by the way. No, 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 it's not. But um, you say like your quick two cents, and then we almost sit down like five people that do like a ten second confessional about what their experience has been with Michael. Yeah, that's amazing. And then um, great idea. Yeah, good thinking, brother. Danielle concurs in the background. Who's Michael? <laughs> the homeless guy. Oh, his video went viral on YouTube and. The cops coming to the house, they both got 20, one of them got like 27 million views on YouTube and the other got 20 million on TikTok. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's, a, he's still here? Yeah. That's he's like, cool. a, he's like a, the new island boy. Oh, really? No, no I mean, that's like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of views. That's like more views by a landslide than anything I've ever been a part of before, ever. The, the police officer Acu- one. Accumulatively, yeah. that video has 50 million views. That's that's viral. People say all the time, "Oh, we went viral." Oh, that video went. Chris called me. He's like, "I never went viral before." He got like 150k. I was like, what, "Dude, did you, did you that's amazing. 50? I'm so stoked." He got a bunch of followers, but like, that's not viral. No, you know, no. like 50 million. I feel like is that's straight vi- up viral. Viral means all of America has seen it. Yeah, and every, yeah. anywhere I go, people are like. Oh, you're the guy that has the sober living. You're the recovery guy. Or or the cops fucked them. That was fucked up. That was <laughs> fucked up. That was fucked up. Should start filming them say that. Yeah, I mean a lot of it's just like, are you on TikTok? That's it. TikTok. I don't even know why they recognize me. Do you wanna sit down? Maybe for a little. Yeah. Talk about you can talk about Jesus with uh, no. Billy. Jesus, come into our hearts. Jesus walks. Danielle yeah. is here. Woody, Woody is here. The, um, the, the freedom fighters, the recovery <laughs> fighters, the soldiers, the, uh, the men and women on the ground floor. Ground zero? Yeah. Not, not quite ground zero. Well, yeah. I mean, this is an epidemic. The fentanyl. Yeah. But yeah, so what'd you think about that Jim Brewer special? I thought it was funny, dude. I think comedy is the pinnacle. If I was going to come back into the next life, I'd want to be a comic. Because when you're laughing, I think that's it. That's the best it gets. Yeah, it's the best medicine. It's the weirdest thing, too, because only human beings laugh. Right. And, like, what prompts that? Because when you laugh, you lose it. You lose, in, like, you just can't help it. It's almost like crying. I guess it's an emotion or, I don't know, laughing's a trip. I love Dude. laughing. Yeah. I, I swear I think that that special, like, actually was, like, medicinal for me. I was in the hotel room and I was like crying, but it wasn't just that I was laughing. It was that I felt like somebody finally said all this stuff and the mm-hmm. specials called somebody had to say it. And he just talks about all the issues that we've been dealing with and going through for the past two years. He's like, I sent my 
daughter off to college and she came back retarded. <laughs> He's like, I know you're not supposed to use that word, but I, I struggle not calling my kids that all the time. We've been mm. saying it for like, since the seventies, we call everyone was retarded, but mm. like she came back from college talking about gender, LGBTQ, LGBTQ, gender, race, gender, race, LGBTQ, his daughter. He's I, like, I, spent I just 20- got asked to speak at LGBTQIA meeting. Just right now, I don't know if you, I'm gonna. You, 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 I yeah, mean, dude, speak. They're they're asking me to speak at all these Zoom meetings. I I don't know if I, I'm not sure. Anyway, you gotta watch that. Can you and Nick watch that? Mm-hmm. I can't hear you. Yeah, I can. Do you want to try this? It's your Japanese candy. <laughs> <laughs> she always has the candies. I need something. Um. So, how have you been, Danielle? Mm. I feel good right now, but um, it's just been a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot. Like, can you like be more specific? Yeah, I want to be, but it's kind of hard because I can't break HIPAA with um. There's say people. The, yeah, there's been people. There's relapses actually. Right. I scol- I had a friend scholarship at um at a treatment center and. Uh, you know, he's been to 53 rehabs. Wow. And his detox was pretty rough, and he just left. He's like, I need to go. All right, well, here's the question. You've been doing this for over 13. 10 years, yeah. okay? So you've obviously figured out a way to make it work, but is there a way that we can all collectively or as individuals detach ourselves from the emotional mm. part of it so that the, so that the cost isn't so great emotionally on us and we can just treat it like a job. I personally think that's how we can be of maximum mm. effect. I think that's how we can be uh, the most effective yeah, and also more importantly, last longer. Yeah, I agree. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. But shit, you've been doing it for 10 years. I've only been doing this for two, not even two, and I'm like broken. She has, Danielle's got more blood than we do. No, that's not necessarily true. I just. Because they're like emotional vampires. Well, some I really get like, um, I, I feel like a connection with. And so it hits me harder than others. I think you should get this. I feel like I'm a hunchback right now. Um, but like, you're going to have to add it to this part, you know, I'm saying just, no, 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 just put that, just, just put that phone on her. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, way it's yeah. in the cut. What I just said, cause what I just said was, was really good too. So this much- is like a big, this is like a big issue and big topic. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm ready to like talk about it. Um, <laughs> So I started working in treatment in 2009. So that was my first treatment job was 2009 where I did what Woody does. I manage a sober living. And since then, then I started working in actual residential detox and res. Um, and I think the first couple years, it took a big toll on me. And then I figured out a way to navigate it. And I think if we're good spiritually, then we can be okay and we can be strong enough to do it. I think that I've seen people get really callous in it. I've seen people who have been working in this business for 20 years and they get really callous where they don't care at all. They don't care at all. And I don't ever want to be that way. So 
I think that I've managed, I think the right thing for me to do is like going to Bible study. I listen to something that's biblical for one hour every single day before I go to bed or I physically go to Bible study. Um, and yeah, take care of yourself. You need to be spiritually fit or you can't exactly. do this. But I'm just, the, the, the only reason, well, the main reason I'm asking is because you just said it's just been a lot. It has. And, and that I made the conclusion that that a lot has affected you a lot, but maybe it hasn't. No, it has, but I'm like ready to go on like a maybe three day trip uh-huh. to just get go in the peace and quiet to recharge. Got to recharge. I have to recharge. But, Let's get recharging. But what is the a lot part? I'm still okay. Like, is it one individual? No, or is it's it several all at once. So sometimes, like, I'm given a grace period where it's not that much. It's not that much like pain and emotional like within my I'm not taking on that much like I'm able to not be so like when certain, in it like when certain people leave you're not really tripping cuz you didn't really have that so you're saying but when other people leave you did like Eric. someone I know so someone I know for like 12 years I put in I put in a place recently and he's been to 53 places and he's just like I'm not I'm ready to die so I had to like wow. say goodbye to him wow. and I had to call the family and talk to them about it because they're expecting their kid to die. And then remember, I sent you the flyer. I just found out Taylor passed away and Taylor's the one no. who attacked us. Yeah, I sent you his like thing. Oh my God. So Taylor just passed away. He just, said, he just called you and like apologized. Yeah, he made an immense. Oh my God. And what's so cool is like someone was talking shit about us and he had our back. No, I know. I remember. So that was like really cool of him to do that. And I just like. That's crazy. She's, she's like bringing up whole other issues outside of Graceland. Like you're dealing with other stuff that's emotionally weighing on you. Yeah, I wouldn't say actually at Graceland there hasn't been that much emotional stuff. I know that there's been residents in the house that have gone through a lot and like, you know, come clean and are writing a lot of words and relapse and come back and stuff. But I think what I'm dealing with on the outside are friends of mine who have been struggling with this disease for such a long time and they're ready to just throw in the towel. Their fight is over. And that's the part in me because I see people recover and that's the beauty of this. But then some people don't. Yeah, And that's what, that's what kills me. Yeah, like I got my uncle. I don't know what's going to happen with him, you know? Well, is he like... Both my uncles. He's on subs though right now, right? I don't know. Okay. But it's just like, that's just another example of someone that... What? Nah, I got a talking point for later. Keep going. Okay. Good answer. Yeah. Recharge. Yeah, recharge and also like spiritual fitness, like having something that you do for yourself, like exercise and 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 like a Bible study or you like your AA meeting, mm-hmm. like doing that like every day to stay grounded and to stay spiritually connected. The sauna. Yeah, I can't do the sauna because I did that and I was I had a really bad experience with the sauna, so I can't do sauna. Burn seed oil. Yeah. Me and Veronica so, just so can we hear that from Danielle though? Oh yeah, you guys and don't she went know. To the um, the Scientology rehab. Yeah, my first rehab that I ever went to out of the five was a Scientology treatment center, and I detoxed in Newport Beach, and then um, and then they transferred me to a facility in Nevada, in Caliente, Nevada, which is like about three hours inland. Caliente. Yeah, and um, 
they put me through the sauna program. So for five hours a day, I had to sit in a sauna and they let us out for 15 minutes every, every hour. So I oh sat in a God. sauna with a bunch of like girls and guys and the guys were like older and they made us drink. Well, they made us take a thousand milligrams of niacin Holy shit. before we went in and we had to, we had to go on like a jog and do some sort of physical exercise. And then we had to sit in the sauna and they, they literally made us like sit in there for five hours. That's so crazy. That's insane. Okay, I don't but understand because we'll, that would kill you. It must have been very light. They're light commercials heat. nowadays. It wasn't light amazing. heat at all. I promise you. You can maybe Google it. You can see like this. The sauna program is like a real thing. It's nationwide. And then, and then what else? Walk us through the Scientology experience. So there's about 10 books that you have to go through that were all written by L. Ron Hubbard. And all of them were like really out there. And you have to go through the exercise with somebody else in, in your class. Um, and so you'd have to do exercises like sitting in front of somebody with eyes open without flinching for two hours. Oh, right. Seen that. Yeah. And the master. And then I had to do like, there's a bird. Look at. Look over there. There's a bird. Like, do birds fly? Do birds fly? Like, they would just do, like, really crazy, repetitive things. Okay. It, it was else? really crazy. And then you, um, faked, you faked your tooth so you could leave? Yeah. How old were you? It was, I was 22. Danielle said, I have a toothache. I said I had a wisdom, or my wisdom teeth were growing in, that's but they actually, weren't. That's actually kind of genius, because you there's no way to really check for that. It's like the kind of pain that... You could just be feeling and you wouldn't be like doubled over, like throwing up or I don't know. It's just kind of a smart out, I think. Yeah. So I said my wisdom teeth were growing in, but they weren't. Mm -hmm. So then they flew me back here. I got loaded, but then I got shipped back there. Really? Yeah. I got loaded. I Okay. So they had the narc pro because it's called Narconon. So you had to narc on it. Other people would narc on you if you like told them a secret. So it's like contracting. Mm. So I contracted with someone there and they narked on me and then I got put on an ethics cycle twice. That was two weeks long where I couldn't talk to anybody and I had to just clean. But the cleaning was gnarly. So was this like hell or It was we... hell on earth. Do you I... think you grew, grew from that experience? Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so yeah. that's the crazy part to me. I didn't really know that you had done that or had been a part of like a, that much of a structured situation before. But I think that somewhere deep down inside, you knew that was good for you walking through that hard. Yeah. And, and, and that's why when you see certain things that we do here at Graceland that are kind of similar to that mm-hmm. in the sense of like accountability and like um, responsibility and structure, it's like you're – you know it works. Yeah, but I, here things make got, more sense right, than what they but, were doing there. I'm, like I'm just a, saying, like, you've had experience with it. Like, yeah. if you haven't had experience with it firsthand, it's not as appealing. Mm-hmm. Do you think they were trying to make you suggestible or something? Like, what's the weird bird fly? Do birds fly do birds and all fly, that do weird birds shit? Fly, do birds fly? Do birds fly? You would have to answer them. So do birds fly? Yes. Do birds fly? No. Do birds fly? So, you, oh, Someone would be just like asking you a bunch of like, just asking you the same question and you'd get annoyed, but it would get you in a place where you can just answer without an emotion. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I wonder how much of it is like placebo Hmm. effect type stuff, you know? 
They wanted you to get comfortable in your own skin. So by sitting in front of somebody else for two hours, eyes open, two hours, eyes closed, without flinching, or else you'd have to start over and doing that every single day for your entire time there, that that really helped me get comfortable in my own skin. Did anybody go through that and then join Scientology? Yes. People started working there, and then they would get... Yeah, because the last book in the whole thing is like finding like the secret of Scientology. Which they wouldn't Did, reveal. Was to there you. ever a point at your stay there where you were just like, "I'm gonna get down with this Scientology thing no. just to make my time easier"? No, never. I probably would have folded and done it. I, I didn't. Yeah, but yeah. They're, they're not. I don't know if they're necessarily like really trying to get you to convert. So were you pretty familiar? I feel with like they all? are. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, because it's Elrond. Went right there with it. Every you know, book it's is like, Elrond Hubbard. Is, the goal is to get everyone totally bought in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, anywhere you go, did, how you, did you get recommended to this? Dude, my mom was searching rehabs oh, in California man. and it said that it had a 98% success rate. How did your mom See, say it? Danielle, you're going, that's, they dropped me off. That's what I love about Woody. That's the part of Woody's brain that thinks like this. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't have asked that question. What yeah. was the question? Like, did you realize that the main point of this whole thing is to get people to join Scientology? I don't know if that's uh, if that's accurate or well, not. Well, it was well, a money making thing. Like yeah. it's a cash but pay. That's the thing is, I I I do believe that that is the goal and that's the point. And they were trying to get her to convert, but it's just interesting the way that Woody Woody's brain went there because like after living within a community like this for as long, running a community like this for as long as he has, he realizes that any one, unless everyone's on the same level, it gets really squirrely. So that's the goal is to get everyone to be down with the cause. Because if they're fighting it and they're not really into it, like they're just going to be a problem. Right. Infect everyone else. And uh, what I assume is like the people running the place like full heartedly believe that Scientology is the answer. So Mm -hmm. why would they not try to get you to convert? Right. Right. Yeah. So did you read all five books? No, there's 10 books. And no, I read only like four. And were they at least entertaining? The fu- no, I really thought I was in a mental institution. <laughs> the funny part is Woody's like, I would have converted. Yeah. You probably would have. You too. probably Just still should. Yeah, like, you still have a chance. Yeah, I'm actually sure. surprised you didn't. Um, it, I mean, it's cool that you're able to say positive things about it. Like you're, you're open to like the fact that you learned something from it, but you just saw that it was like insane. Yeah, I don't. I I always thought about it because after I left, I was like, "Why did God allow me to go there?" And I was put like somebody like me put in a place like that, um, with people who I couldn't really like. I, no one I could really relate to besides being addicted to drugs. And also, keep in mind, I went to three, four other places after that, like long term centers. So that was my first center and that was one of the hardest ones you're a tough cookie yeah i was defiant i was real I w- i'm defiant by nature and and um that that place really messed i i i, I grew and i got stronger from going going through something like that yeah it tested me on like every level yeah, so you only used between rehabs. 
basically. And so, then you finally got sober. At no, some she point. relapsed at Scientology rehab. Yeah, but I mean, rehab, use, rehab, use, rehab, use. So maybe yeah. four years of rehab, you would have used twice as much if you didn't go to these rehabs. That's true. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. And also, I think you get closer and closer every time you go. You learn something new. The seed is planted. And then, like, it's just a matter of when is it going to grow or if it's going to grow at all. It's like uh, constantly getting essays for the same thing. You just wind up like, why the fuck do I keep getting the same essay? Yeah. And as you've been to treatment so many times, you're like, how do I keep winding up back here? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe I should do something different. Didn't you, like, like hide drugs in a garden? Or, no, you, you... yeah, I'll you, tell you, you the story. You picked seeds that yes. thought would get you high. Yeah, so I remember that yeah. story. That's a fun one. Yeah, there was uh, there were a lot of opiate addicts because I wasn't an opiate addict. I was a crystal meth addict, and the the heroin addicts there said that there were poppies, there were heroin poppies in the because we're the closest thing was a, a gas station about like five miles away, so. This wasn't the Scientology. This is the Scientology one. Oh, same one. Yeah. So I so I went with a girl with a backpack and we left on a Sunday. We just left the facility and we went into the into the nature and we crossed like a stream. Like we just like went deep in to find these poppies. And we took our cigarettes and we took and we thought we found the poppies and there was a placebo effect because we put the seeds in the in the cigarettes and we started smoking them and we thought that we were high we, we came back like laughing our asses off so they were california poppies maybe i don't think that they were poppies we just found some seeds of something and we i don't remember but what did the po- you don't remember the pods were they little black seeds Nothing. i don't remember oh i smoked sticks and shit too yeah you know just do, trying to do weird shit i, I, I bought great. some shit from some guy in eagle rock when i was a kid and it was mint leaves but it turns out it was pcp which I had never experienced before. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had never either. So you yeah. got sober when you were... In 2008 in Mississippi. How old were you? 22. And then you stayed sober for 11 years. Yeah. Until Dang. you were 32, 33. No, because I'm 36 now, and I'm coming up on two years sober, so 34. And then you, then and, you ate mushrooms and like Hattie, potato chips. In, yeah. Hattie's, <laughs> in Hattiesburg? In Hattiesburg. Pine Grove? Pine Grove. My ex went there. I've been there. I know. I've been there. That's crazy. I drove across the country to try to bust her out. I know. And that's so crazy. They wouldn't let her out. That place was I like tough. drove there overnight because she wrote me a letter. She was like, if you don't come get me at this time in the parking lot, then you don't love me. And I was like in the middle of a bad acid trip and I just read the letter and started bawling my eyes out. And I was like, I got to do something. So I just drove straight there with me and my friend and. I drove around the parking lot, and then I was like, damn, I look like a weirdo. Did she even know you were in the parking lot? And then I just drove off. What? Did she even know you were in the parking lot? She says she remembers Mm -hmm. seeing me in a truck driving around, but... That was a really tough place. It was all women. The the men were separated from the women, so the women were all in their own house. Um, There was like 30, I think it was 30 beds, 30 people there. I didn't leave there with one friend. Um, Somebody stole money from me just like 20 bucks or something but i couldn't trust anybody after that so i threatened to fight everybody there and then i got kicked out after two and a half months and then i went to my next treatment center in florida bro there's a lot of good sound bites um just make sure john gets them all this is i'm so glad that we're doing this because we just got so much good like dude like people don't really know danielle's story 
right or even your story or my story i mean right. i mean they know my story but there's so many like the fact that she has this much experience getting sober in places like this mm-hmm. for right. me is huge that but gives her like more it's in her blood her dad and like, yeah it's like second nature and like hearing the, the synonym games hearing her and us talk about our experiences in getting sober is, is good is really good stuff for like you know when we have someone cut this up afterwards yeah so the first rehab i ever worked at is on this street it's like literally walking distance hmm. really on canaan road yeah really it was called it's inspire still it's still there it's called inspire malibu that was the first tech job i ever had and that was in 2010 is that the mental health place no oh, okay did you start working in recovery right after you got sober? Um, not right after. Did like you after, have another job? I had one year sober. Did, what, what other jobs have you had sober besides? I worked at American Apparel in Malibu, and then I worked at Cafe Habana in Malibu. And did you do well at those jobs? Um, I was miserable because there was no passion in the, the Cafe Habana Malibu one. Um, but you like were a good worker. Yeah, I was a good worker. Because, I mean, yeah, I made like, a lot of friends. Yeah, not like half the people in this house who can't hold a fucking job for more than a month. Is that the truth? I mean, that's actually a conversation I wanted to have with you. A full time. Might as well have deal. it. Might as well have it on the podcast. I just think we need to be more. Um, calcul- I almost feel like before we even offer someone a job, mm-hmm. you need to be like they're ready. Yeah, mm. I mean, because there's just been too many people. Danielle put out her neck and got a bunch of people jobs. So I and, just and a lot of these people are ungrateful. You know, Jaws in Dakota, whatever. Right. And 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 and, and, and JD and right. Uh, it's just not cool. So it's like to to t- t- we should be we should be a little bit more, more careful. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, just cal- I got, calculated. You know, I got three guys a job at the old place, and they're those are just like temporary jobs because they i'm kind of like doing the old place I mean, a favor honestly even that like i feel like the the the, the, the like looking for a job and finding your mm. own your own job yeah. it almost like makes there's like a something about that yeah, I, I could just true. hear sense my, of ownership i could just hear my i could hear my therapist talking right now look it's i like agree this kind of like enabling almost i yeah. agree i just i i didn't call them like yeah, they called yeah. me. That is like the perfect. And job, then it's by the walking way. distance. Yeah, it's that's the exception to the rule. And then obviously, you know, there's the Gordelli, this which is where I eat, and that's like where they ended up working. I wonder if it's like a generational thing though. Like have you seen the TikToks about the millennials when they go to work now and, and stuff? Well I, I just think that like it's different now when when younger people work than when like we worked when we were well yeah because nowadays most people don't just have one job yeah this idea of having one job working nine to five it's like it's a it's old now so you can like do multiple things you can make you know the, the internet so the kids are working a job they're physically showing up but they must be thinking i want to be an entrepreneur I'm going to do this online or that, mm-hmm. or I can start my own business or I can work Uber part-time or there's just so many options that weren't available when our parents were growing up. So yeah, I think it is, they just feel a little bit more entitled. They see people on the internet making all this fucking money. 
instant gratification. We live in the instant gratification world, mm-hmm. so it's like harder for these kids. Yeah, but what they don't understand is those people that made the money like that um, figured it out. And they had to like put their dues in somewhere first. And well, like, I think more importantly than figuring it out is they put in the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. put in. I've put in so much work and time more than I don't see anyone around here downstairs putting in that kind of work and time with the editing and stuff. Yeah, just shooting, and it's all I. I lived. I breathed it. Yeah, and the music, and then the shooting, and the edit. It was like. It never stopped. I mean, you were there when the pandemic first started. Was I ever not either shooting or editing a video ever? Always, yeah, always. Literally nonstop. But and you were so into it though too. It's not like you were like, oh fuck, another video. You were just like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. like this. And in it your was face. insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I burnt out. Yeah. What was your question, Woody? That you were going to ask. Or we'll you like said, save it for later. Or no, yeah, you, you saw. Oh something. no, I, yeah, I saw that the words TikTok was doing well, and I said Pat came back and was like, "I'm not holding back." Oh, um, honestly, I walked up there that and was, I saw Zuma Dara and Eric, and they've both. I would say eight out of ten times when someone relapses or leaves, they don't come back. So to see them both back here and walking through it, and they're like sweet kids. Yeah. I don't know. So I just thought, plus there wasn't, you know, I normally come here and I feel like it's loud and there's a lot of people around. Mm -hmm. So it was a good opportunity to just like talk to Dara, tell him I was proud of him. And he was like into it. You know what's funny? His name's Dara. Dara. He like, (laughs) he, he like wanted to, he like wanted to like, say what he just did specifically to the phone you know i was yeah he's 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 changing for sure and i feel like even watching him communicate with people is more authentic especially after he like finished his essay yeah that that's the one that's that one we'll post tomorrow yeah but yeah it's pretty special and i was telling woody the other day like i don't know if you realize this Sorry, Billy. This is kind of like a recovery Graceland conversation. If you went into Stillwater and just started like filming people like that, it would be weird. Of course. It's so crazy how when you like the culture has to be, it has to be like in the culture of the house, which takes like in the beginning, it wasn't even like that. Right. I know. It's like taken two years to get to a point where enough people are either doing it or they accept it or they know yeah. that that's that's they understand that it's not meant to shame anyone or, or exploit fu- or any of that. It's like I, an interesting story that can really help other people in their journey. Of I course. think they I think like it, what it took 2 years was that they uh finally got to a point where they could trust us that we're not going to make them like look bad. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's, it's such a weird thing to try to explain because all the people that were here when we first started, they're not even here anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that two years, it's almost like in the walls. It's almost like something that just evolves. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I'm feeling, I feel more comfortable doing it when I didn't feel comfortable doing it. Like I still feel uncomfortable pulling out my phone at dinner in front of the whole house. Like I don't, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to like have that break 
what's actually happening. I don't want people to start to be mm-hmm. like change up. So that's like, there's a very f- delicate balance that I, it's funny that this is what I'm doing now, what we're doing now, because my entire life has been finding that balance. Can I film this person? How far can I push it? Can I, how vulnerable will they be willing to get? How honest will they be willing to get? You know, and it all started from like, my dad, I got out of my room after I knocked the Christmas tree over and my dad said, stop, why'd you do it? You know what I mean? Like he's interrogating me on camera about why I knocked down the Christmas tree, which is kind of like, didn't always. you lie? Yeah. I, I blamed it on my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it's just interesting how it all evolves. Well, yeah, it's kind of a trip. Like I realize. You know, I've been like a loner, but it's all network because you guys were chilling before there was ever any Graceland or it was even talked about. You guys were just chilling. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one that like really was an employee, like looking for a job kind of thing. Everyone else was just hanging, knew each other, this and that, whatever happened. And then here we are. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Just kind of all culminate. And when I'm out in the fucking world and it's like this girl is like, okay, so the, 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 the nanny, their nanny's daughter, the people who got married have a nanny in Texas mm-hmm. and her daughter specifically asked the nanny at the wedding if she could take a picture with me and Veronica, with me. And she was like, yeah, four of my friends died from fentanyl. Mm. She's not an alcoholic. She's, or I don't know. I don't think so. But the, she was like a fan. And the other girl at the store where we bought this incense was like, my mom struggles with this. Like, I follow you. She was a normie. And she was just like, they both were just like, thank you. You know? And I mean, there was other people too. But to be able to like have that dream come into fruition, the dream of like, showing the world what getting sober really looks like and like showing the world what a structured sober living really looks like and just all the aspects and elements about it um happening quicker than i had ever anticipated honestly i just need to like let that sink in Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I feel like I'm always looking for the next, like even on, even after that happens, sometimes I'm like, yo, I need to like, you're like the Gary V of recovery. I need to like keep it <laughs> yeah, going. Right. Well, I mean, this is, this is, this isn't necessarily recovery. What I'm talking about right now, I'm talking about like building a platform and getting it to the masses and like social media and like it can work if you just stay at it and you have something that's like honest that you're doing. Like I went to a comedy show in Texas and I realized like, these are all good jokes, but I don't believe that they're true for these people. They're like clever, like clever things, but they're not, I don't really think they believe them. You know what I'm saying? And so what? You didn't laugh? Not really. (laughs) But like Jim Brewer can make some stupid face and pretend to be a Nazi. And I laugh because it's fucking true. And he's like frustrated with like what we've been through in the past Mm -hmm. two years and how people are so stupid. He came up with that like, like, yeah, it was like he compared them them to like walruses. What was it? Just like a stupid droney, like sheep. 
like mm-hmm. bah, like mm-hmm. sheep, like bah. That wouldn't have been as funny as or or or, you like, know, like what movie was it where the people watered the grass with Gatorade? Yeah, Idiocracy. Yeah, but like it, it's just it's crazy. Just I watched him work out the, uh, you know, the one where he's doing the or or or. Like people just start listening to whatever you tell them to do. Like that six months ago was Simon Says. It's like everyone's playing a game of Simon Says. Simon Says this, Simon Says do that, do it. Right? And it turned into, you want to go to the ball game? Or, 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 you want to do this? You, want, you know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah. it evolved. I watched, you know, Joe Rogan talks about this a lot, but I watched him perfect that concept, that joke, and turn it from something that oh. was like, like I saw one of the versions of that uh-huh. like six months ago. Oh, I see. And I just realized like this guy is practicing in front of people, mm-hmm. working shit out, going – he's so unafraid of like fucking up right. that he can get up there and like try new things. And I don't know. It was just kind of a crazy moment where I like realized like how much work goes into it. You gotta watch this whole thing. Yeah, I will. I'm telling yeah, you, it's I will. amazing because it, it makes you laugh. But he's Give getting a bad. message across, and he's also like hitting World War II type stuff. But no, but then he talks about everyone being offended way too easily. He's like, if you're offended, it's not healthy for you. Mm. Like, don't be one of those people, you know. And then he starts talking about the news and. Um, the race thing and the gender thing and just like all the stuff that like Pat, that like uh, jo- pastor John should watch it. Who showed it to you? Um, I just found it on YouTube. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll, sh- I'll send it to him. Um, speaking of that, I heard you. I mean, if I'm not at Bible study, I'm listening to it. And then I, I like to, I like hearing when you ask questions, how is Bible study um, helping you? Well, I didn't, I like was going every week and then I didn't for like three or four weeks and I just made it back. How is it helping me? It's a cumulative effect. Um, There's community and I'm a God person, but the debate of God in my head happens every day. And I don't know, it's just like AA is straight out of the Bible and so I want to hear the Bible because I didn't grow up going to church or with religion like you guys did. I don't know what that's about. It's all new to me. Like people know the stories and I'm like, Paul, who's this guy? And Job and it's all new to me. Yeah. So I just, I think there's a lot to it, but I don't necessarily agree with everybody, but I want to hear it and I want to hear their, their views on what the Bible says. Did you ever get a chance to listen to that Jordan Peterson thing on the Bible? Yeah, I listened to it. You did? Yeah. All of it? I think so. Really? I mean, how many is there? I, I It was weird. I was like trying to navigate it, and it would skip one and go to this one, and I think I listened to them It's all. like, it's insane, Danielle. Like, I yeah, Jordan Peterson's been a huge part of my... I, I seriously think you, you should check it out. It's literally like, I think that he's probably single-handedly like turning more people like logical people who mm-hmm. like don't really fuck with the Bible mm-hmm. onto the Bible being oh, cool. the most important piece of literature written by human beings. Mm-hmm. And also coincidentally the highest grossing book of all time 
Like, why would I dismiss that? Well, the way Sorry, he I, says I just it, looked yeah. over at Woody. I was like, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. No, 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 no. It's fine. But I'm just. But 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 he explains it from the from the logistical point of view. Like, yo, I want to understand this book because it's so such a successful book, and because it's changed millions of people's lives. Why are these stories lasting the test of time? Because he believes that that book is truth. And all the metaphors in it are, did you get, what did you get from that? And all the stories have meaning. And well, Jordan Peterson was able to make it worthwhile, valuable. Otherwise, but, it's just like, what the fuck is this Bible bullshit? But he, he, at least for the logical person, extracts, it's a better way to live. This is a way to live. Here's a, a, a handbook. Of human nature for do, people. Do you remember any of the specific shit he was saying in the new one? Like he mentions Medusa and the snake and the head. And, but that's not in the Bible, is it? No. But I he, haven't read the whole Bible. He, he like, he'll bring in like ancient stories and like parallel them and correlate them and like mythical figures and he'll like... He brings so much into it because he just knows so much. Yeah. Bottom line, I'm an addict and I need a higher power. I, I'm just in hell within hours without one. No, I like what you said, though. You're like, I'm having the debate every day. I debate mm. it every day and I have to choose God. I that, have to actually choose God. Like, or, I really respect that because that's like honest. Yeah. That's like really well. Honest. Even Pastor Jonathan has, has said the same thing. I've questioned him, but not as much as you do, probably anymore. Well, I don't know what it's like to be in anyone else's head. I mean, is you're just Jesus, and that's how it is, and there's no questioning or wondering or doubt or. Of course, there's been doubt, but I think um, I've been able to kind of wrap my head around it for some reason because I understand how before Christ we were sacrificing animals for the atonement of our sins so god sent jesus as the ultimate sacrifice for the atonement of our, of our sin so like if jesus is the spoken word of god it just makes perfect sense to me i don't know why and i'm just riding it because i don't i don't want to question it because it's worked in my life i mean that's you know. that's actually the biggest thing for alcoholics is getting behind this concept of if something's making my life better, then I should just either continue. I have to continue to do that. Same, it works. I have to lean. It works. I have to lean into that, or Danielle, or like Danielle says, press into that because I know it works for me in my life. And and if I let my like finite human brain get in the way of that and try to figure that out and poke holes in that, like that's just sort of like letting my ego prevent me from exper Plus, experiencing that life. Your mind is the problem. So you're using the problematic tool to figure something out that actually worked. I mean, mm. it's just... <laughs> you hear yeah. the buzzing? Yeah. Is that the refrigerator? Yeah, but I don't know if we need to unplug it because we always forget to plug it back in. Just check and see what's in it. So when you think Jesus, just do you sure. do you just get do you get like almost like a dopamine hit or something like no. you feel good or No, I have I think since I asked since I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, 
I have this constant state of peace within myself. Don't get me wrong. I get, I, I still get emotional. I get frustrated, but there's always this like sense of peace that I didn't have when I had the 11 year sober. And also when I was struggling, like getting sober again, this last time when Jonathan and this other guy, um, at, at Bible study prayed, laid hands on me. That's the week that I, all the addictions broke off of me and I haven't had, and the obsession was fully lifted and there was a strong obsession during that time. Like the, the, the obsession was real and it was completely lifted off of me. And that means something. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to it. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I also admire his dedication and commitment I mean, he shows up every day. Yeah, he's the most faithful man I know. And he'll I just know. keep talking about the Bible. Yeah. So, um, Sometimes I'm like, dude, like, let's, like, let's like make this a little bit shorter here because <laughs> it's not that tolerable for like everybody. But mm-hmm. when I was newly sober, I actually really needed it. I, mm-hmm. I just like, pre- like, that's like, you know how he talks about pressing in? Mm-hmm. Like when I was really pressing in like that, that's probably when I felt the best. And people that know me, even Woody sees the change that's happened within me. I haven't done anything besides going to Bible study and like pressing into Jesus. You know, he's, he's seen that no, yeah. Jesus softened my heart. hundred percent. Um, I told you that I saw a change. I don't know. I feel like the last six months, I got more crazy and you got way less crazy. So I was more, no, I was really crazy. Months, maybe like it may be closer to eight months, but I, yeah, we like, there was a time where we were like fighting all the time and like, well, no, 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 but it wasn't just that she was getting constantly checking the social media and getting riled up every other week about some new relationship that was falling apart or like, hate or just mm-hmm. yeah. you were, she was very much, crazy with that too oh mm-hmm. uh, i no, i was just thinking about that time we were that we fought yeah yeah no what do you see me lose it yeah. lose my mind on him but i also think that over the past i think that also just in the beginning you're still trying to figure out how you're gonna run this thing and we're trying to like you know clarify and identify roles and we're naturally going to be stepping on toes once in a while and going against someone what someone wanted to do and not without even knowing it sometimes so like people are going to get so we figured out ways to work together do you yeah, remember and why whatever, uh, and, and we yeah. know who we are we've grown together yeah uh, through communicating and you know i don't know whatever um whatever it is she's doing it's working for her and i guess like the biggest thing that i see is like one thing that you have that I don't that I'm pretty jealous of is like you just have like a overall like motherly caring energy, pre- energy yeah. towards people with me like someone crosses me I'm like yeah fuck that fool you know and like I don't really think that you get that way. Mm. Yeah, that wasn't always. Yeah. Except for this last girl. Yeah. The comic the comedian. I heard about that. Yeah, that that's just okay. not chill. Some people, sometimes people do shit that's just so fucked up and you just, like Rudy, like I miss Rudy. Straight up. 
I watched videos and to, to think what she did, it's unforgivable. I mean, you can't let someone like that back in your life. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you can. But you can forgive. I think forgiving is forgiving. We're supposed to forgive. Why you want to? You, you you miss her too? No, I no. just think that over time, I've let Astrid back into my life since recently. Yeah. Oh, okay. Listen, forgiveness I mean, I is all. I forgave everybody about- way in the beginning, but I wasn't going to hang out with them or anything. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I don't. It the Bible shit. I mean, Jesus fucking says it. Like. He got fucking crucified, and but he like, forgave. I shouldn't ever like work with her. Well, I wouldn't trust her with a whole lot, right? But maybe mm-hmm. a hatchet could be buried, and a I'm, friendship could happen. I don't no, know. I was watching these videos. John sent me a bunch of old videos of her, and she was so funny and so like charismatic, and like I, I just remembered that time because because we're approaching Halloween. When we did that video, yeah, and I want to like repost it for people that don't know about that, yeah, and her promote, you know, what she did about the whole like, you know, faking our death thing, yeah, like that's what got it so many views. So I wanted to like redo that this Halloween on YouTube, which is where the video exists. I'm sure she's super bummed that she allowed herself to get that hateful we don't know though because oh, yeah we don't i don't know we don't know she might be in denial or still hating or who knows is she sober who i don't know I don't... she's i think she's not an alcoholic but oh, let's really? not be talking about her oh okay you brought her up no i know but like he's i just uh, me no uh. um oh. was asking questions about her yeah because we 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 we, <clears throat> uh, we work pretty close with her at one time you were, you especially, and Veronica, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. But yeah, the the point is is that certain people can do certain things where you have to cut them out, even Danielle. I mean, I still love that comedian, and uh, I care about that person a lot, so I'm I'm down. It's just a girlfriend. She's I, girl that, I, I love her. The, the funny girl that was in the house. Who was yeah, okay. That's who I thought you were talking about, but I wasn't quite sure. She, like, just... Did us pretty dirty, really. But people are sick, and, and they're yeah. Diseased. I mean, what do you, uh, now? I expect it. I expect them to take whatever beautiful information you shared and to stab you in the back with it. Yeah, that's a really hard one to swallow. I think the biggest lesson well, they don't I've have had integrity. I know. I think the biggest lesson I've had from just this experience of opening up Graceland is I didn't know like how much actual hate there was in this world, which I feel like I'm very naive and I lived in some bubble of like people who actually just love me. And then, and then I, I, I like can, my can eyes. You get that? That's that's interesting though, because I noticed something you're, you're about Danielle that I find kind of unique. And I, I, at first, I thought maybe it was fake. Okay, maybe I still do. But the way that she like just kind of bonds with people or she instantly loves people. And I thought it was, maybe it is. I don't know. It's not something I've ever been around. Okay. So that's. I understand. So John, I want you to use this clip starting with Billy saying that thing about Danielle. And then you need to say what you just said again about the thing you've learned. But he just said, up. he just said that while the I camera wasn't done was. Saying no, no, no. Whatever I, I was saying though. Oh, anyway. right, 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 right. Whatever. Well then just get this. Action. The thing I've learned about opening Graceland. Oh, I think the 
The biggest lesson I've had from opening up Graceland is that I didn't realize how much hate there was in this world because before opening up Graceland, I lived in this bubble of like people who love me and I love them. And, you know, obviously there would be some like bridges burned, but I didn't know like how much actual hate there was. In okay. This world. So here's the takeaway from that. And I realized this, I was just telling someone this in Texas um, or actually, no, I was just talking to Candy at Veronica's house because she's a big influencer and she understands about the haters too. And I said, it's not necessarily that we're realizing how much hate there is. It's that we're casting this wide net and we're attracting the most crazy people like in entire states. Yeah. Because they're alcoholics and they're on TikTok. We're attracting sick people mm-hmm. by the nature of what we're posting. Yeah. So I don't, I think that the internet just sort of is like a magnet for certain sick people, but, but you can't forget, like I experience it, you experience it, all the people that love and appreciate what we're doing. So the volume of that sort of counteracts the volume of the hate, but as humans, like the hate affects us more and it seems to be louder it is. It it feels louder. It, it feels louder, so right. it has more of an impact. Yeah. When I think the reality is, there's way more love, and but but being being exposed to like this level of peop of hating of the highest level of haters you could ever imagine in the world. I, I, I the most dedicate some of these people. Yeah, it's really yeah. like mystifying to me. But the the, the thing that, that but the thing you have to realize is now we're, we're we're taking from a pool of millions rather than a pool of thousands. Yeah. So you're gonna find bigger fish. Totally. Just I guess the my point that I was saying was I didn't even know that that existed. Right. Which is kind of shocking. Well, you you know it exists. You know well, it. Ex- no, I mean like you know it exists, but you don't. You've never, when you feel something firsthand, you realize what it really is. Like we've known that we knew that John Lennon's biggest fan killed him, right? We've heard about stories like this. Like we know that like there's conspiracies surrounding like the death of like a bunch of different JFK. celebrities. And J- Why was it his but, biggest fan though? But, but we, hold on, because he was obsessed with him. And, 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 and I'm realizing that the people that are obsessed with us, they are bigger fans than our biggest fan. Yeah. Because they watch every single thing. They're, obs- yeah. they're literally obsessed. Yeah. But their way of showing it is like a destructive way. Because mm-hmm. it's like Sam says, a kid that wants to contribute but doesn't know how, he just breaks it. He just picks up the toy and breaks it because he doesn't know how to play nice with other people. Jordan Peterson says that too. But why did I just... What, what were you just saying? Well, there's Billy. a lot of hate in the world, but there's more love. No, so Billy thought it was fake. people. Billy. Oh yeah, so let yeah. me ask you about yeah. this because I, have an I, I actually really like the idea of the bubble of love and I want to get in that bubble and for me, I'm, I've am i never been that. I've always been like, stay the fuck away from me, you know? I don't even want to hug you. But now, I mean, I want to hug and I want to love even if it's temporary, even if I'm going to get stabbed in the back because that is so much, it, that's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Dude, welcome to like, you know. And so even in my house now, I'm trying like to it's be good. more loving. It's good. With Toby and I don't know if I should say names, but so the I, people I live with. I put two people in his house. Right. Like two people close to me. 
right. which is kind of cool because yeah. like now I went to his house today. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just in general, because, you know, like we're on the ride. I didn't really realize this. I'm on the ride. It only goes around once. It's a slow ride, yeah. but it ends. And I'm sort of over being afraid and hating. I just want to hold hands and skip around in the sunshine and mm. you know and it's just so much better and it influences people um yeah so i i kind of noticed that with you i don't know if it's genuine or not but even if it's contrived to some degree there's still a <laughs> positive exchange i'm not trying to say no, that you're I, fake or I'm whatever i'm not even it, offended at all it's just hard because i don't come from that i know so i grew up with a lot of love like, and I think that's the key to like having a child who can now give love to others. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jason and Victoria, they have that kid and they give it so much love. That kid is going to be a big love bug and give love to everyone. Dude, it's insane. And, well, and that's both the key. Love bugs too, exactly. Though. So both of my parents were love bugs. Mm-hmm. I'm literally like obsessed with that kid. Yeah. Because he's a so, ball of love. It's so crazy, dude. And that's what literally I was, except I had genetics you know with addiction so i became a drug addict and then i had to go through and find my way you think it's purely genetic you don't think there's some bad parenting or trauma in there no i didn't have trauma everyone Mm. has trauma it's who knows i think the jury's out on how much of the outer world contributes to it or what whether it's something we're born with or there's just so many different factors at play Mm -hmm. it's just trying to figure it out is just never because i think that your mom actually was almost like too loving probably yeah my mom was like my mom is still like too much too much <laughs> but i'm grateful that it was that not i and can not see the other how way. like your mom could have traumatized you a little bit sure but like, i'm you, used to her you, yeah but like you you come in and she's like danielle you eat too much yeah yeah, I know, just, that's yeah, trauma. I'm trying to picture like that what that would be. Danielle like. talks to her mom like every single day. Multiple I remember times. that she calls you at night, mom. I'm gonna come home. I remember yeah. like a few years ago. I talked to her like five times a day. <laughs> really? So yeah. Dope. Wow. My mom would love that. I would love to talk to my mom and dad again. Oh mm. my god, I think about it almost every day. Really? Damn, that's emotion. Yeah, emotional. that's like really heavy. I wish you could talk to your mom and dad too. And maybe you can if you just talk to them like, you know. Billy's getting emotional. It's okay. It's good. It's okay. You don't have to. Every time I share at a meeting now, I do this. Really? In front of everybody. Really? It's ridiculous. Yeah. When did this start? I just started leading meetings again. So, uh, I don't know. I cry all the time now. I cried for a month. I tell you. I told you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Why, you think? I can't tell you because I'm going to cry. Go for it. This will be a good clip. Um, I think when you hit 50, you just... Go ahead and talk. I'll tell you when it you, goes away you, a little bit. You know like that relationships matter. No, you're going to die. So yeah. this is it. Yeah. Mm. No, I've been feeling that too, actually. 
and the people that so the you... time with your kids and your friends and this podcast and every moment of your day is your life and it is yeah there are moments in time mm-hmm. and it's the, for real yeah this is it it's not there's no like uh, yeah pre-trial or whatever they call that pre-screening and this is this is the movie mm-hmm. yeah and when you look back on the moments, you're like, wow, I was in that moment, and now it's gone. Yeah, and so it's important. It's mm. like, it's valuable. More valuable than anything. You're mm. Whatever, you know. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and I lost a lot. I lost prime time. I lost Sermon on the Mount. I lost my family. My daughter's back in my life. Um with the Meniers, I've lost my physical prowess, and uh, in some way, it just really has shown me the value of life, and that I just can't really accept that it's going to end. Well, Bible teaches us that there well, is eternal yeah. life. Yeah, so I, I'll say that to myself. I'll say eternal life, Yeah, but that's... perfect health. True, pure love. I, I say these things because they do change something in my mind. Right. I mean, I know you say who knows, but I really believe it. But the thought of like dying is just, it's a lot. I'm ready for it. Plus, everyone's <laughs> died, so I think I have PTSD. I mean, my parents are dead. My other people, they're all dead. Yeah, that's heavy so. to be alone, to feel alone. You just, yeah, they're all gone. It's weird. You just miss them. It's like you have no roots. Mm. Like right now, your roots are subconscious, but once they start getting snipped, it's going to be an odd feeling. Of course. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what that's like yet, and that's going to be really, that'll be a hard one for me. But you might not have to experience it. I mean, some people's parents live to be like in their 90s and shit. Well, I mean, you're eventually going to. Yeah, but you'll be old too at that point. And they have kids, hopefully. Mm. Kids and grandkids. Ho- and hopefully that. by the time you're at that age, you just want it to be done and you're ready. But I think right now you're not, and I think you're right where you need to be. You just got to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, we'll have a nine-year-old kid. That's special. And you're with her a lot, right? Yeah, well, two days a week. And she was sad today because she really loves Lonnie. They like jive and she has all the oculus and all the games mm-hmm. and i don't know lonnie that well or what she does or doesn't do but she seems to have a lot of time so her and summer hang out and they they summer really likes her yeah lonnie um i love lonnie she i lived with her when when my boyfriend moved out of my place i moved her in so i got to live with her for six months i thought she would be a good fit there I thought this yeah. was a really good podcast, maybe one of the best yet. You've said that so many times. And yeah. then, and then Billy started crying. <coughs> no, there was so much good stuff in here. <coughs> we don't need guests. I know. You know, well, like we're just talking about like our experience with this, mm-hmm. and a guest almost takes away from it. Yeah, sometimes. that's true. Yeah, they just want to talk about themselves like people t- people <laughs> people listening to the this could be like a really special thing you know because we're like walking through it and we have examples and 
Yeah, but there's a balance because this every time would get I'm a little sorry. old too. No, so but it's nice like to have a guest. we're all talking about ourselves, and that's almost just like a a a, 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 a way to talk about what we're going through. His asthma and He's relate fine. to each other, you know. And he then sometimes this. there's like an example of like it's someone. Okay. I don't know. It's okay. She's a good one. I've been trying to keep the podcast alive. You haven't been here much. No, thank you. Yeah, so we I, had I, Drew I, a couple I, times. I've actually been like, you did? Yeah, he came back again. That's amazing. It was, he, it was funny because he had a technical difficulty. That I noticed. Yeah. Thanks, Caleb. That's great. I am really glad that you're like keeping it alive. And Woody was in the last one, too. It was a good one. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, on that it. note, let's wrap it. See, by Chip, you got asthma. It's a really good does he hour. Really have asthma? He does this. Cool. Like I'm gonna do the plants. Is it too late? Is ten o'clock too late to no, wander around good. here? Uh, as long no. as it's not in the bedrooms. Thanks for listening, okay. guys. Bye. Good night. Good night.